And lots of people have different definitions. If you, yeah. if you Google it, you'll find lots of different things. And probably the, the easiest way to define them is, is looking at where these words originate. What kind of mentoring or coaching relationship is actually going to work best for your mentee, the person that you're working with? You're listening to a Core Education Podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Here again from Core Education and in the series of podcasts on coaching and mentoring, I'm joined by uh, Amira Aman. Kia ora, Amira. Kia ora. Amira, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, my background's in secondary uh, teaching, mm-hmm. is teaching also in middle leadership. I'm the uh, one of the mentors for YouTube's for Core, also an expert partner. I work in the Emerging Leaders Pilot Space, and I also um, are involved in some of the online courses here at Core. And I am hugely passionate about mentoring and coaching. Okay, so you have a range of experiences in education as a teacher, as you said, leader, and now as a facilitator working alongside schools and their communities. Now, I know in the series of podcasts we're talking about coaching and mentoring, and I guess we can't really go too much further without actually asking or clarifying, what is the difference between coaching and mentoring? <laughs> Indeed, and I get asked that a lot. And lots of people have different definitions. If you, yeah. if you Google it, you'll find lots of different things. And probably the, the easiest way to define them is, is looking at where these words originate from. And certainly mentoring um, originates from um, Homer's Odyssey, where Telemachus was a young man, his father Odysseus went off to um, war, and he was left without any guidance. And so mentor, um, his actual name was mentor, stepped oh. up and provided this sort of fatherly role for him. And so he's very much seen as being older, wise, a, the expert looking after a, a younger, less experienced man. So that really informs perhaps people's traditional ideas of, of mentoring. Whereas coaching often reflects a more equal relationship. It's more um, seen as where a coachee is supported to achieve the, their own goals that they have um, set. But also, I think, you know, for some, it's, it's a sporting image, you know, and it's not necessarily a, a very supportive one of this coach on the sideline bellowing out some instructions to to uh, players on the field. So yeah, there's a lot of different definitions out there, and and I think it's probably more useful instead of focusing on definitions to look at what kind of mentoring or coaching relationship is actually going to work best for your mentee, the person that you're working with. Therefore, so building on that, so what are some of the different approaches to coaching, uh, coaching and mentoring? Yeah, well, that's a really good good point, and um, I'd really like to talk about some of those different approaches because I meet a lot of teachers who are nervous about mentoring or coaching in their school, kara centre, or kahuiakoa, and that's because they're worried that they have to be that expert. They're worried that they have to have all the answers, and they say things to me like, "Oh, what if I don't know about that year level that my uh, mentee is is teaching, or the subject area that my mentee is teaching?" And so I think one of the really useful models out there is Carl Glickman's model um, that he designed in 2002. And he looks at four different perspectives of of mentoring, um, which he explains in his book, Leadership for Learning. 
and these can um, really help a potential mentor have confidence that they're not actually required to be an expert. Mm. It's about you know building those skills and capabilities to support others so that they can achieve their goals. Yeah, that's a good point about not being an expert, but mm. uh, building up those skills and cap- uh, capabilities, as you said. How I'm interested in this Gutman's work. So can you tell me more about Gutman's four perspectives? Sure. So he asks us to look at the purpose of our mentoring and to try and match that with an appropriate approach for our mentee. So if you think that and your mentee would like to get to a place where they're able to critically reflect on their practice independently and work towards achieving their own goals, then there isn't any sense in you being the one who's telling them what to do in a very directive way. So if you're thinking about that sort of end goal. So he, he's got these four perspectives and the first one is a, is a directive control approach and that's where basically the mentor is telling the mentee what, what they should do, how and, and when. Yes. Then his next perspective is called directive informational and it's where the mentor is saying, hey look, here are some options. You've got this situation in in your classroom. How about you try this or this or this? Which one of these do you think would work best for you? But those ideas are still coming from the mentor. Mm -hmm. Then the next one is is called a collaborative approach, and it is exactly that. And it's about the mentor listening to um, understand that mentee's perspective Mm -hmm. and supporting them to um, come up with their own solutions. And it's a very much a shared decision-making process. And then right on the other end of the continuum is the non-directional approach. And this is the mentor saying to themselves, yep, this mentee is really capable of suggesting their own goals, um, solving their own problems. And that mentor is much more of a sounding board for the mentee Mm. who is making the decisions. And from what I've found is that teachers and leaders, you know, that read about Glickman and, and, and think about these approaches really give them a perspective that they can mentor in different ways depending on what their mentor sure. yeah. um, needs because none of them are good or bad. It's just what your mentee needs. So yes. a beginning teacher might actually need some directive control at times or some directive informational, whereas a deputy principal or someone who's in a cross-school lead position for a kahoeakoa mm-hmm. might need a more collaborative or a non-directive approach. And sometimes as a mentor, you find yourself using behaviours associated with each of those perspectives within the same mentoring session. So it's not like you're choosing one particular um, approach for for a particular mentee. And but I guess really the key message is is that as mentors, we don't have to be experts and specific year levels or specific subject areas, but we do need to have skills of understanding what our mentors needs and how to how to meet those needs. Exactly. And again, that, that's that message, I suppose, with a key message you put there about not being an ex- expert, but having the skills. What I like about this perspective, Glickman's uh, four perspectives, is it seems, uh, what I'm feeling is that the relationship is mm. really key here and this model really builds on that relationship and being responsive to the relationship and that uh, the person or the people that you are coaching or mentoring as well. Absolutely and that's all about that beginning part of your mentoring relationship where you're building that trust that you're getting to know um, each other um, before you're trying to tackle some of the issues that the, the teacher or leader might be feeling um, in, in their context. 
You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.